God has been good to us. God has blessed us. Thank you this morning for your prayers. Thank you that you pray for me for a few minutes. And uh, keep our pastor and his family and all the others. We've got so many uh, that are having some kind of old bug or something's going around. Uh, don't know what it is. Don't care. Don't want it. Uh, and uh, whatever. But, uh, you know, God is able to take care of all of these things. Our bodies are not immune to sickness just because we're saved. But it's whole, a whole lot better, Brother Willie, to go through it with him than without him. Because we know if we don't get through it down here, it's all right there. So uh, God has been good. Yes, God has been good. A 21-day fast starts today. I think I'm right on that. And today, the 6th, and it goes on uh, till the 27th. I believe it is, and uh, I just want to talk to you for a moment on that before, before I start, and it won't cost you anything. Um, fasting is something that if the preacher preaches on fasting and on sanctification, he doesn't get many amens. Because both of them hurt for a time. And uh, we don't holler too loud, amen, when we say, I want you to miss a meal or two, because we like to eat. And I know Brother David is having a spaghetti dinner, the 16th of February, I think it is, and I want to blow that all to pieces this morning if I can. We, uh, we have the saying going around and maybe kidding just a little bit, if you feed them, they'll come. Uh, announce a hot dog supper free of charge. He'll be there. You'll see some you haven't seen since the last hot dog supper. And uh, you won't see them again until the next hot dog supper. It just works that way. But say we're going to proclaim a fast and we want to do without for a few weeks or days or whatever. And when you do that, you don't have a lot of takers. It's kind of like it is. And if I get this whole bunch mad with me, I don't want them mad with him. I want them mad with him. But it's kind of like when we announced prayer service on Sunday night. I can tell you just about who's going to be here. Now, I'm, you know, after pastoring here as long as I did, I'm tough. I'm mean. I'm Irish. I got a streak in me that says, say it like it is and don't worry about it. Just whatever. But I'm going to tell you, living for the Lord, sometimes it's a sacrifice. David said we offer the sacrifice of praise. It takes sacrifice to praise the Lord because praise comes in more than doing this. Anybody can do this. 
but it takes something on the inside a little bit different to really praise the Lord from the heart. And he means, he knows we mean that. And so anybody can fast and anybody can offer up a prayer. But if you don't do it with faith believing and trusting in him, you're just wasting your time. You're just leaving that food there for nothing. You might as well go ahead and eat it. But thanks be unto God, I believe this morning that fasting will bring results if we will put it into operation and do it the right way. Prayer and fasting indicate faith and discipline and humility before God without which there can be no hope of success. If you're going to pray and you're going to fast, then believe success is going to be the answer to that. If you're not going to believe that, forget about the fasting and praying. Just go ahead and eat your hot dogs and think about me while you eat. Let me read you what one pastor said one time. And by the way, other churches, other organizations are observing this fast. I talked with a pastor Wednesday, and he said, oh, yes, said we're, we're starting to fast in our, in our organization also. So uh, others go along with this, and, and I don't know whether they just mainly set it to be the first few days after Christmas or not, you know. If they did, it's a good time for it because God knows some of us need to fast a little bit, and uh, I'm not going to call names. It's a pastor by the name of John Lindell, and he said one of, on one of he wrote this rather, on one of James, the James River's campuses, on the James River, such a piece of property that had been owned by the same family since the Civil War. We had looked for land, his church had, for land around the city and knew this ground was uniquely suited to meet the needs of our growing church family. We weren't the only ones who had noticed the property's potential. Major retail chains were also interested, but the family was very adamant that they were not going to sell this property. Debbie and I, Debbie's his wife, Debbie and I went to sit on the front porch drinking iced tea with the family's matriarch. We talked about the church and our dreams for what God might do through the church on the land. But as we got up to leave, she made it clear that the land was not for sale. What do you do when you've exhausted all your options and when you believe you know God's will but you can't see how in the world it's going to come to pass. And the Lord touched my heart, and I decided to ask the church for a fast. We knew we needed God's help for our need to be met. Within 10 days of the church praying, the miracle came as the family who owned the property offered to sell the property only to the church. You see, when God's people fast and pray, the supernatural happens. God's people can make a difference talking to Him. And so this morning as we gather here in the church and we decide that we're going to have a fast and we're going to have prayer, let's be blessed by the fact that we are the people of God, that we are the family of God, and that we know how to get in touch with God, and that God knows my name, and that God knows your name. 
Let's not stay away from him so long that every day or every time that we talk to him that we have to introduce ourselves. Let's call home every day. Maybe every morning when we get up, let's call home and see how things are up there. You see, I've got some interest up there. I've got parents up there. I've got parents-in-law up there. I've got a son-in-law up there. I've got friends up there on the other side. I like to know how things are getting along. You say, preacher, you out of your head this morning. Maybe I am, but I say, God, take this brain that I have and throw it away and put in the brain of Christ, the mind of Christ, that I might understand you this morning enough to know where I'm headed and enough to be interested in where I'm going. I'm trusting the Lord. I'm trusting the Lord today for all of my needs. Excuse me for drinking a lot while I'm here. <laughs> Nehemiah, Nehemiah fasted in his day. Moses fasted before he received the law. And I, I won't go into all of these because I don't really have time. Jesus fasted prior to the start of his earthly ministry. Paul fasted in Acts 13 and 2 before the start of his missionary journey. And the Holy Ghost said, Separate apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called you to do. There was fasting going on in the men of God in the Bible. And we look at these men as being supernatural or, or being somebody that, uh, you know, just totally out of this world righteous. Let me tell you something. The disciples were people such as we that Jesus called. There might could be a book written and a chapter written on Willie Hatcher or maybe on Bob King or on Randy Hensley or somebody like that. You say, I don't know what it would sound like. It might sound about as good as some that are in there. I don't know. But you see, we are people that have the same access to this God that they had. Nehemiah was off in another country. He was the cupbearer to the king. He had a good job. He had a job that he was supposed to be there every day. He was to bring things to the king, the wine to the king, the food, all of the things that he drank. He was to bring them to the king. But he got word that there was a problem going on in Jerusalem where his people were, the people of Judea, the Israelites. They were, they were, the, the city had been more or less demolished, torn down. The walls were down. Everything was crumbling down. And it got to Nehemiah's heart. And he began to call on the Lord. He began to fast. He fasted. He, he didn't know what to do. I'm here. I'm tied up with the king. I got a full-time job. I don't know what to do. I sure would like to go back over there. And one morning, as he served the wine to the king, the king said, and I'm paraphrasing. You got that figured out already, ain't you? The king looked at him and said, your countenance is sad. What's wrong with you? You usually come in here cheerful and happy. And Nehemiah told him his problem. He said, I've got this problem, and I just wish the king, or I pray that the king might give me a little time that I might take off from my job here and go back to my people where they are and help build the wall up there. The king talked to the queen. <clears throat> it's 
Sometimes, men, it's good to talk to the queen. And they decided, and the king said, about how long is this furlough going to last? Well, he didn't really give him exact figure there. He said, you go. said, I'm going to let you go because of the fasting he'd been doing. said, I'm going to let you go. And Nehemiah wasn't willing to just say, thank you, boss, and walk out the door. He said, I want you to write some letters for me. <laughs> he said, write some letters to the kings as I go by on my way over there that some of them will give me some timbers to build the wall and some will give me some material. I'm a close on it, Brother Willie. Some will give me some, 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 some stuff to build that wall with. He wasn't satisfied just to go. He wanted somebody else to furnish the material. You see, when you talk to the Lord, he will use the world to help the church. Now, come on. Isaiah told us that in the 60th chapter, there's going to be help for the, for the church from the Gentiles and from the others. The help is going to come from them. We are doing the work of the Lord this morning, folks. Lord have mercy. I, I, I feel about halfway good. I don't know why, but I feel about halfway good. We're doing the king's work. We're working for the king. I'm not working for Roger Coins. I'm not working uh, for Justin over here. I'm not working for you guys. I'm working for the king. But if I work for the king, it's going to work with you. It's going to work with you, huh? You know, I saw a picture one time of these two mules. And they were tied together. They, 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 you know, they had a rope on them. They were tied together. There was a haystack over here and a haystack over there. And this mule on this side was pulling to go that way. This was pulling to go this way. And they pulled and they pulled until they about starved to death. And all of a sudden the light went off in their heads. And they looked at each other and they turned and both of them went together over here and ate this stack of hay up. And then they turned around and went over there and ate that stack of hay up, you see. And they both got full and they got the hay. It's about time some light bulbs went off in some of our heads. Come on. It's about time a light went off in some of our heads once in a while. And we realized that if we were pulled together, if we would get together and get off of our own ideas and opinions and what we think ought to be done and find out what he thinks and he knows that ought to be done. When we do his will, the work of God will be done. And I haven't got time to go into all the deal. You know the, you know the story. The Bible says he went, he built the wall because, because, the people had a mind to work. Somebody told me when I started pastoring, said, you can't build your church on your Sunday morning congregation. I said, somebody's off of them broccoli. You know, I will take everybody I can get on Sunday morning. I like people on Sunday morning, don't you? Yeah said it's got to be on your Wednesday night and Sunday night crowd. I know this ain't sitting good with you. I can feel this tire screaming and slipping and the 
rubber burning. But I'm going to preach it like it is. When we decide we want to pull ourselves together enough to get on our face before God for a few minutes then offer up a prayer to him and push a little bit back from the table, I believe God is going to do something in this church that we have never seen done before. I believe that with all of my heart, and I'm looking forward to it. How many times have you fasted for 40 days? 14 times that woman back there has fasted for 40 days. This church was sitting over there and on that side with a handful of people in it, couldn't grow, couldn't do anything, and this woman, well, let me back up a little bit, something laid it on my heart to start a 40-day fast. She's got 21 days, yeah. Start a 40-day fast, made a calendar with 40 days on it. Which day will you take? Which day will you take? Which day? I didn't have 40 people to take a day. That's the truth. Didn't have about 20 people. We didn't have enough people to take a day. But some were taking a whole week. Some were taking every Wednesday in the week. Some were taking every Friday in the week. Some were taking this, that, and the other. And about three-fourths of the way through that fast, Arlene came to me and she said, Have you noticed Geraldine lately? I said, uh, what? You know, I didn't, I don't go examine her every time she comes to church. Said she's losing weight. Said she's fasting the whole time. She fasted on nothing but water for 40 days and 40 nights on nothing but water. She's done it 14 times. I don't think you was even a member of the church at that time. She wasn't a member of the church, folks. Let me. Oh, Lord, have mercy. God help us this morning. We got our priorities sometimes mixed up. God can use anyone he wants to use. Let me tell you right now, just because you're a member of the church and because you think you can get up and play the guitar about halfway and sing flat about half the time and your wife's telling you how to sing and you can't halfway, <laughs> you think you got it made, boy. But I'm going to tell you one thing. God can tear you all to pieces and God can take somebody that ain't never been on that stage and change the whole world. You know I'm just picking on you a little bit. Half of that was true, but you know. <laughs> God is God is trying to use people this morning that will be obedient enough to Him to say, "Yes, Lord, whatever you want me to do." Paul Daniel, bless his heart, he had a need from God, and every one of you know that story. I think it's in the tenth chapter of Daniel, but I'm not going there. And he began to fast and pray. You see, he did this for three weeks. Am I right? 21 days. He fasted and he prayed. I don't have time to go through all of that either. But in, in the meantime, in the meantime, after about three weeks, an angel appeared to him. No, a man appeared to him. Let me get that right. It wasn't an angel. I fully believe it was Jesus. What do you think? I think it was Jesus. The description he gave pretty close to the one John gave in Revelation, Sister D. He's talking about Jesus. You say, well, he wasn't born yet. Oh, he was there when the worlds were created. He was there when it all started. 
In fact, he created all the world because the Bible says without him was nothing created and by him was all things created and it was all created for his pleasure. Read the book. Pardon? From you are all things and by you. You had that line right. Pretty good. So Daniel said, this man came up to Daniel and said, I heard your prayer, which day? First day. He's been starving himself to death, to death for three weeks for nothing. He didn't know that. You see, if you, if you start today a fast and you begin to fast and you pray for something for this fast, he might answer that prayer today, but you might not find out about it for a month or a year. You don't know how. You've had some prayers answered. You've got one sitting right there, a miracle sitting right there. Everybody don't know that story, and I'm not going to tell it unless she wants to tell it. But that's a miracle sitting there. You see, God knows how to do some things. The... The man said, I started, but sin, Satan, and the devil helped me up getting there. The prince of Persia, which was sin. He helped me up. He delayed me. And the and an angel had to come and help me through that. We pray through the principalities and powers of this world, spiritual wickedness in dark places. And the devil is going to do everything he can to keep you from fasting. You said, a preacher, how do I fast? I'm not going to tell you how. I'm not going to tell you to do it. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I'm not going to tell you what to give up. But if you don't give up something that you like or something that's dear to you, you're not fasting. You know, I can give up sauerkraut 365 days a year. <laughs> Ain't a bit of trouble in the world. So, Lord, I'm not ever going to eat no more sauerkraut. <laughs> Is that a fast? I gave up something. But now when you tell me you've got to give up your Mountain Dews or this, that, or the other, brother, now you, you, you kind of meddling. <laughs> That's a different story right there. But you see, you can do, you can give up Whatever, the drink, you can give up the meat, you can give up the sweet. Whatever you want to give up in that period of time, that's up to you. Maybe you want to eat a meal today and you don't want to eat anymore till tomorrow. Maybe you don't want to eat this morning, you're going to eat tonight. Maybe you're going to do it this way or that way. Give up a meal, give up a whole. Could do like Geraldine, give up a whole thing for 21 days. You say, are you joking? I'm not joking at all. And, and, and. And you say, is it easy? Not because the flesh sometimes, the flesh is weak. And sometimes it's hard to give up. Oh, but pastor, we always get together such and such a time and we cook steaks and bake potatoes and we have tossed salad with, Honey mustard dressing, a ranch, or French, and 
and we got all of this stuff, and we have to do that such and such a time. Get off of it. We've got a God this morning that can feed us. Hey, let me tell you something. I got some notes up there if anybody wants to read them. <laughs> Jesus, and I've run this by you before, and, and, and before I say it, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not cutting Jesus out one bit in this world because he's everything. We've been talking about who is this Jesus? He's everything that's good. Everything that's good. And he's done everything that was good that's ever been done. But he stayed on this earth with a ministry for about three and a half years. And in that, in that period of time that he was on here, on this earth, he organized a church. And in organizing this church, <coughs> he, did, he did a lot of preaching. Mostly in parables. A lot of it in parables. But there were times, <coughs> excuse me, there were times when people gathered to hear him teach that it became mealtime. And the disciples one time said, let's send them away into the city that they may buy food. He said, no, let's, what kind of stuff have you got here to eat? Well, we got one little boy over here that's got five loaves and a couple of fish. He said, that's all we need. You know that story. It's over and over and over. He blessed it, break the bread. They gave, they fed 5,000 men besides women and children. Now, in those days, they just didn't have, you know, two or three kids and quit. They just kept on having them. I don't guess they ever figured out what caused it, but they just kept on having them. My parents had me and looked at me and said, that's enough. They quit. There wasn't no trouble for them to quit. So you can imagine with 5,000 men, there might have been 5,000 queens there with them, and there may have been eight or ten kids with them. So that could have been a pretty good crowd. He fed them all. They took up 12 baskets, one for each disciple. Gave them food to start. But when he went back to heaven, and he did this more than one time, but when he went back to heaven, how many followers did he really have that were true followers of him? Maybe 500. Am I right? Come on, maybe 500. A man that would walk on this earth, raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils, do all kinds of things, and yet couldn't get but that many people to follow him. But he's feeding them fish and bread. Spaghetti. I told you I was going to get you. He's feeding them fish and bread. And that's what he gets. And after he goes back, 120 out of that 500, 380 of them didn't even think enough of him to say, we'll go pray and, you know, tarry. And I fully believe that <clears throat> this 120 that went in the upper room, I got a feeling there was not much eating going on. They were tarrying. You know what you do when you tarry at a supper? You are behind the person that's eating, praying for them. Ain't this good? 
not from me, but from God. They, they were tearing and praying, and a sound came as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They didn't go out on the street and say, all right, everybody come over here at this place. We're going to have a big meal tonight. We're going to have... Sp- he'll ever forgive me. Maybe he'll pray through. Maybe you pray through doing this fast. <laughs> you know where I'm at. We're going to have this big meal and we're going to celebrate what the Lord has done. No. One of the guys in that bunch gets up under the anointing of what he had just received of the Holy Ghost and begins to preach to all of these people. And on that day, one day, one message, one sermon, he gets 3,000 souls to accept the Lord Jesus Christ on that one day, all because of the power of the Holy Ghost that fed the soul and not the body. I say, God, give us soul food this morning. Lord have mercy. How much we need God. How much I need God this morning. I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to us. I need God. I need soul food. I'm not belittling Christ's message, but he said, he looked at these boys, and he said, you're going to do greater works than I do because I go to my Father. He proved it on the day of Pentecost. They did a greater work on the day of Pentecost than he had done in three and a half years. Somebody ought to say amen. God is looking. God is looking for a congregation somewhere or another. I fully believe that he can put his blessings on, his hand on, and say, I'm going to pour out my spirit on that. I've awakened in the middle of the night more than one time and thought, Lord, have mercy. How wonderful it would be to go to church one morning and the Lord come down fill this whole place and everybody in here be on their feet sister Beth shouting and praising God and throwing their hands up to the Lord speaking in tongues and talk oh God do it again do it again Lord do it do it again Lord do it again please Lord pour out your spirit on us let us feel your power Jesus is looking, Jesus is looking for a church. And when I say church, that's every one of us. This building is not a church. This building's not a church. It's the people that's in this building, it's a church. I say, God, help us everyone this morning. You say, I'm going through the fire. I'm being put through trials and tests nobody knows about. I know there's some of you in here this morning going through things. I know Waylene is going through a lot, having to go through a lot. She said something. I guess it was the morning that Robbie died. 
took her back home from the hospital. As I let her out, I looked at her and I said, are you all right? Are you going to be all right? Is there anything in the world I can do? And she stopped about halfway of the truck. She looked back at me and she said, Daddy, said, you raised me to be strong. She said, I am strong. And I believe she is. I've seen her instantly healed of a problem that the doctor said there was no cure for. It happened in an instant. Let me tell you this morning, folks, God's not going to put your fire out, but he'll get in there with you. Come on. He'll get in there with you. He didn't put out the fire for the three Hebrew children. You can't show me in the book where he quenched that fire and let them walk out. He got in there with them. The old king said, I see four men. I see four men in there. There were three in there to start with. I put three in, but there's four in there now. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. The everything was walking in the fire with them. And as we've preached over and over and over, he's still in there. I say, God, help us this morning. God, help us this morning. Isaiah said, then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. I've got a scripture. Yeah, I'm going to start now. We're going to start and read the scripture. This further part was just a preface. If you believe that, you might as well go home. In the book of Matthew, chapter 17. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this incident. So it's got to be true. It's got to be the truth. And when they were come to the multitude... There came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Remember between these verses here, Jesus had given them the authority to do this. Am I right? He had given them the authority to do it, but they didn't know how to use it. Did you ever pick up a tool or wrench or something? What's this? I don't know what this is for. That's just like me and him with the guitars. He knows how to use all that bunch of junk he's got right there. And I ain't got no idea what to do with it. I mean, I'd sell it at a yard sale for two bucks. But he knows that, you know, some things we don't know how to. He's given us the authority to cast out devils, heal the sick, and do all these things. Thank you. Thank you. He's given us the authority to do it. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus saith unto them, Because of your unbelief, 
For verily I say unto you, If you have the faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Everybody read that last verse with me. Howbeit, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. That's the answer to the whole thing. He didn't lay down rules. There's, there's rules for fasting. Maybe if you want to find out what you're doing, how you're doing it, that's up to you. You can do the Daniel fast. You can do other kinds of fasting. You can find it on the internet or whatever if you want to, to fast. I use him for the internet when it comes to fasting. Uh, he knows the best way. If we want to see devils obedient, and let me tell you something, I don't go around looking at people and saying they're possessed with the devil. That's, you know, that's up to the Lord. But there's some people, you know, looks like they need something cast out, whatever. Right. You say, we can't do that. We can do it. We have the authority. We have the authority. Do we have the belief and the faith? And do we have the sacrifice? Do we have the discipline? I told you to begin with that fasting brings discipline and takes discipline. Discipline is being able to push something aside and say, I don't want this. I'm not taking it. Would you stand with me this morning? I know this has not been probably a shouting message. It's, it's kind of hard. I don't mean for it to be hard preaching. I mean for it to be something that we need to go on. I had something printed off here that I, I printed off. It tells the Daniel fast and all that thing. Didn't read it. Don't worry about it because I'm not going to do it anyway. I don't know what you need. I have no idea what's, what's in your life this morning that you'd like changed. If there's someone in here today, regardless of who you are, it doesn't matter. And you want to talk to the Lord about it, would you bring it to him? Would you come right now?